Welcome to the We Have Issues podcast, a weekly look at the local issues and matters impacting Independence, Missouri. And now, your hosts, Lori Dean Wiley and Dan Hobart. Well, good day. Good morning. Good uh, morning, the little bird said. Didn't just tweet. You don't know that one? I do not. Come on. I don't. Gosh, I feel like I've like missed a, out like on something. That's like a camp, in, in my childhood. church, camp, everything. Wow. Camp. That's like a, that's the happy one. All really. right. Well, you know, I hope we have lots of happy talk today. Um, you know, I'm calling this re-election, selection, and reflection because it's all about an election coming up. Oh, boy. So... On October 10th, we are beginning another election period here in Independence, Missouri. If, if it was possible to embarrass me, yes. you're, you're about to try. I am going to try. So what we know as of today is three out of the four current district council members have announced their plans to run um, for their districts in the re-election campaign. The primary election is February 6th with the general municipal election on April the 2nd of 2024. So as of the date of this recording, John Perkins for District 1, Bryce Stewart for District 2, and Dan Hobart for District 4 have all expressed their bid for re-election. There is some speculation that Mike Steinmeier will not be seeking re-election for District 3 as he will be seeking election elsewhere. But as, as of today, no announcements have been made. While I am just one opinion, I truly am just one opinion, and quite frankly, I'm a citizen with the ability to share my opinion, I do not vote in District 4. I want to say off the top that I wholeheartedly support Dan Hobart as one of our city leaders. In his role as Mayor Pro Tem, he is absolutely responsible for improved communication among the council and to the citizens. He has been in integral to ordinances and conversations regarding our police, our fire, and those facing homelessness. He has been the driving force for a drop-in center for individuals experiencing that. And Mr. Hobart has created excitement about a new public safety center and for the conception, interest, and outside support for, I think you called it a 22nd century trails museum. Yeah. Dan served a huge role in the relationship with North Point Development and the incredible economic development emerging here in Independence. This all while listening and serving his constituents with the start of a CID, that should bring improvements to his fourth district. These are just a few of the highlights over Dan's two last years. So the packets are picked up on October 10th, and today we are announcing Councilman Hobart's bid for re-election to represent the 4th District. Woo! Ah! <laughs> the crowd's going crazy, right? I spoke to a couple of District 4 citizens, Dan, and they oh. had a few questions for you. So straight from your citizens' mouths. Good. couple of, and they're not a lot. I just uh, right. talked to a few. So sure. First one would be Southwest Independence Redevelopment Plan. This request is to identify the area as blight and to incentivize redevelopment in, in accordance with SRMO Chapter 353 for District 4. Yeah. 
It's established as an urban re redevelopment corporation to ensure and promote revitalization throughout your area. The corporation will be responsible for implementing and administering the plan delineated herein to assist with residential and commercial property owners and obtain tax abatement for those projects. So what's your thoughts on supporting this? And what does it mean to those that live in your district? The 353. So in all fairness, this, uh, when I got elected, this was already in motion. Uh, but it has been a rousing success. So a 353 is a, a line drawn on the map. And you can go on the city website and see exactly where the line is. It is a very, it's a pretty big chunk of the fourth district probably about two-thirds of it that's a, a wild guess it doesn't include my house unfortunately because oh, wow. i'd love to get a tax rebate for a new hvac but there have has been uh literally and i don't i don't have the exact numbers there has been millions of dollars spent by citizens in improving their properties, their residential properties, since the 353 has been in effect, and that allows them to get uh, credit for that on their taxes. This is massive. So, and 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 in the in the bigger picture, this is this is the part that really is important to keep in mind, because when you're talking about fighting blight, yeah, real blight, I'm talking like the the foundational structure of blight and we're talking 40 highway we're talking these houses and not just in the fourth district anywhere in the city but when you're talking this this institutional blight that we seem to have these abandoned houses these rundown rentals when you're talking about providing tax breaks for people to to put capital improvements into their housing, that adds actual value to the city. You're building the the net worth, so to speak, of the actual city. That is the type of investment that leads to the economic turnaround of independence. So just like I have talked about before with building a trails museum or doing economic development with North Point or doing the hub redevelopment on 291 and oh, yeah, 23rd or yeah or or hopefully getting something good you know where venture slash Kmart was at Nolan and I-70 when we talk about doing those those yes those are fantastic all the quick trips yeah quick trips pay man quick trips are incredible sales tax drivers Incredible. Cargo Largo will be a massive economic benefit to the 4th District and to the city as a whole, right? Equally important, and maybe even more so, is building up this foundational worth to your city. And that is bringing the level of quality and asset value to our neighborhoods. And that absolutely starts with individual homes. So the 353 is amazing. It has been a huge success. It will go for decades. 
And I encourage everybody that can afford to do it, that can manage it, you know, uh, don't, don't go into debt out of your means. Don't, don't hurt yourself financially if you own a house over there, but if you can do it, it's worth it. Um, it benefits, it will, it will benefit not only you, but it will also, it does benefit the city. Um, Great. So it, it doesn't just help the homeowner that takes advantage of that. You can really see a neighborhood change. Absolutely. Um, because of that. And so that does seem to be one of the areas I know along with uh, Fairmount looking at a, a CID, but one of those areas that, um, is now taking that on in order to fix blight and and have these new opportunities and I can't wait to see what um, the individual homeowners and business owners in that area five years can from do. now you can see a difference now from three or four years ago yeah five years from now there will be a noticeable there already is a noticeable difference in the fourth district but five years from now it will be that much more so. All right. Well, another big topic, another question from one of your yep. uh, citizens in the 4th District is, can you do anything about the lack of sidewalks and curbing in District 4, especially along Sterling, Blue Ridge Boulevard, and Blue Ridge Cutoff slash Westport Road? Okay. So here's the deal. So uh, theoretically, yes, Uh monetarily fiscally maybe okay <laughs> um as it stands right now um sidewalks were put in primarily by the developers that develop the neighborhoods primarily so the neighborhoods that don't have sidewalks that's the fault of the developer and okay. that's typically a decades old decision because those developers as a part of their plan they were to put sidewalks in correct in a lot of cases but you got to realize an in independence yeah residents own the sidewalks and curbs in front of their house that's true and and so right now they're responsible for them you ought to see the curb in front of my house okay it's not appropriate and doesn't do the job very well okay um believe me so it, it's really around expense Sidewalks are ludicrously expensive. I had a, a resident come to me, and they wanted to put some sidewalks in uh, uh, on a small block, uh, or maybe it was two blocks, but not not a big distance. And they were talking about doing a, a NID or a SID and attaching it to their property tax. But we're talking about a small number of houses. But the expense was seven hundred fifty thousand oh dollars for for um, you know one of these small residential blocks that has like ten or twelve houses on it each, and so you're talking about a number of houses. I mean, it was it was a noticeable amount of money per month per household, uh, not twenty dollars a year, but like a hundred dollars a month per house for 10 years or more. So, you know, yes, incredibly expensive. Now, we, we have discussed very recently, uh, and this is part of a, a 
a discussion around whether or not the city pursues a GO bond, a general obligation bond. We have talked about including taking over curbs in the city mm-hmm. from uh, citizens. citizens, from residents. Because I guess, I didn't realize this, but every other city owns their curbs. We do not. So as a part of the uh, prospective plan that um, you and I both get to set on a, a group that is working with the city manager, right. the GO bonds plan um, perspective is to have a bullet Pro, point. The preliminary, very, the very, very, preliminary very preliminary idea. Yeah. One of the thoughts is. We'll tax some of the sidewalk and curbing would the, needs. Would the city yeah. take over all the curbs in the entire city? And yes. And would we add more sidewalks? Yes. So would I like to have more sidewalks in those places that you mentioned? Absolutely. Uh, can the people that own the houses that the sidewalks go in front of afford to maintain them long term? You tell me. That's that's the biggest part of the problem. And I have made it very clear that I don't want to build things anymore mm-hmm. and I don't want to put in things, infrastructure anymore, that we don't have a, a budget and a plan yeah. and the dollars to maintain. Okay. Because when you look around, the last thing we need is the city contributing to the blight because we have. I think that's a strong statement. Um, so... I don't know this, but going into becoming a councilman when you first decided to run, that sounds like the kind of statement that might have been an impetus for you wanting to run was city added to its own blight. We got to stop this. We got to stop spending money on the things that are adding to the wrong things for our city. That just seems to be something that really drives you. Would that be a fair statement? Well, you know, on my old flyer was like the door hanger and and postcards and stuff was back to basics, right? Like it was all about sidewalks and curbs and and, uh, streets and that kind of thing. So it's it's easy to say, add, I'm going to, I'm going to add all these parts and pieces. Yeah. The way I would say it, especially now that I have served some time and know a lot more than I used to is, I'm going to add those things responsibly. Okay. Well, I said there were three questions. The third question from one of your citizens is, they asked, what can be done to help the homeless and the, at the same time protect citizens as they are, their word in quotes, harassed by the homeless within the 4th District? They gave an example of going to Walmart and now being too fearful to shop there any longer. Yeah, I'm sure sorry to hear that. I uh, So as a lot of people know, uh, th- that Walmart, the parking lot's in Independence. Uh, the Walmarts in Kansas City, or part of it is, most of it is. Uh, the line's wonky there, Lowe's is in Kansas City. Uh, the bus stop that used to be there was in Independence. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So Independence Police can't go there and they can't arrest people and can't kick people off of because Walmart's that's property because it's not Independence. <laughs> uh, I have worked on that issue, just like Sterling Bridge, uh, the I-70 bridge over Sterling. Not owned. Is not Independence property. And so uh, every time that that's been cleaned out of homeless people has been through a coordinated effort with Kansas City. It's not something that Independence is technically even allowed to do. So this is a hard, it's a hard thing. Now, I'm very sorry that that's happened, obviously. I don't want people to be scared to try to meet their basic needs. That's not acceptable. Uh, so what are we doing to combat it? Um, so you can't arrest somebody for hanging around a store and begging for money. Is it loitering? Yes. Are you going to get KCPD to show up and arrest that person? Not in a million years. In okay. fact, I would imagine they probably have a policy against it at this point. Uh, homeless issues are such a firebrand topic that mostly there are sort of informal if not formal policies against just routinely arresting homeless people if if you had a policy to arrest homeless people that's all all of your officers would do all day long now i'm not i know you're not advocating i'm for not that. <laughs> i'm not advocating for it and i'm not discounting the fear that people have Absolutely. and i'm not discounting the harassment i'm not i get annoyed with it too I'm a regular person. I go to convenience stores and grocery stores, and I get it. Um, uh, it's it's frustrating and annoying, and you shouldn't get harassed and begged for and all these other things. And frankly, by the way, side, side tip, side tip, side note, uh, having just attended a, 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 a Faith in Blue uh, event with uh, Chief Dustman and Chief uh, Munts from Blue Springs, uh, we, we all agree, and, and frankly, homeless experts agree around town. Do not give cash to homeless people, please. And especially the ones, the homeless folks that hang out, and if they're even homeless, you don't even know that, by the way, that hang out at intersections and in the medians. Please, 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 please do not give them anything. If you want to contribute to homeless outreach, uh, call me, call the council office. Uh, we'll put you in touch with any, call CSL, we'll put you in touch with any number of homeless outreach groups that your money will be, and your efforts will be better spent serving the homeless. The folks that, that, that beg there are often scams or uh, that's their job, and they are never, ever, ever, ever going to use any of your money to not be homeless. So anyway, that was a that was my public service announcement for the well, day. Well, on top of that, but that's really one of the driving forces of of what I've already mentioned in some of your accomplishments was this drop-in center. So okay, I was gonna yeah. So the I that was what early early on. Uh, when I first got on the council, of course, John Perkins, uh, John Perkins's wife works for a drop-in center over in Kansas City, Kansas. Oh, did not know that. Um, and she's worked for CSL, and she's she's in that uh, industry, in that realm in Kansas City, and, and uh, you know, 
uh, Amber Bauer worked at CSL and she does a, she's an independence resident. She does a, she works for greater Kansas city coalition and homelessness. She's an amazing person and a tremendous asset, uh, to the homeless community. We have Matt McLaughlin and, uh, IPD that does incredible work, uh, for outreach, but also enforcement when necessary. Um, we have great people for as, as as few resources that we have available. Comprehensive now has outreach teams, um, and we have all the major outreach uh, organizations in Kansas City that now come out to Independence as well. And a big big portion of that is through all these other outreaches that some of those folks I just mentioned have have made happen. So we have better services out here than we've ever had before, but. Yes, we are getting a drop-in center, it appears. Uh, Without getting into too many details and spreading it too wide, there's a a church over uh, near 40 and I-70 that uh, has thrown themselves into into the fray, so to speak, very willingly and very bravely and very courageously. And they have strong leadership, they have strong membership. They have a very strong uh, heart of service and of uh, Christian service and godliness, and they are ready to help. And along with uh, our city manager, Zach Walker, who is the president of Rotary, he has uh, formed a, a, a partnership with uh, CSL. Mm-hmm. Um, with uh, uh, Doug um, Cowan, the CEO or executive director, and they are going to open a drop-in center, hopefully about a year from now, next fall, 2024. A drop-in center is basically a living room. I like to call it a living room or, or, a, or an apartment, almost a daytime apartment for homeless people. And that's a hot spot for homeless people. It's by a bus stop. It's easy access. It's border of Kansas City and Independence, um, which is nice because it's it's kind of a, on the edge of population center, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. sort of a little commercial spot. Sure. Uh, so it's not right in the middle of a neighborhood or something. Um, it's kind of on the edges of neighborhoods. And it will provide mailbox Food, clothes, washing machine, showers. It will social work. It can expand to more services, but anyway, the bottom line is, it will. It is a big, huge step, and it's something I've been trying to figure out and put together for since I got on the council, um, and so was so was John Perkins, and the fact that we've had a homeless uh, small group, uh, sort of a coalition. Uh, that uh, Bridget McCandless and John Perkins have been on for the last year, that they pushed through, and that finally, uh, with Doug Cowan and CSL, they, that and Amber Bauer and some other folks, they got this all put together, and it it's coming to fruition. But Zach Walker, president of Rotary, they're they're using their big fundraiser in February to fund this. Wow. For the next two years. That's awesome. And I'm hopeful. What 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 I'm hopeful for is, at, at by the end of that two years, hopefully we can raise enough money or have enough uh, funding to 
get get a permanent facility. And if not, hopefully it still works out at the church. But um, sorry, that's it. No, there's no sorry. I just know that, gosh, one of our very first conversations was about your desire to see a drop-in center somewhere. This you know, is so, crucial. Yeah. It is so crucial in the in the service of homelessness and in the fight against it that that not against the people, against the institution of homelessness. It Giving is them so crucial. opportunity to change their situation. You, I mean, that's what a that, drop-in center can do. It is the first big step that we will have taken. Is a, It's a huge step. I'm very excited. So we've kind of focused on residents, um, but from a business perspective, um, I have friends that own a business in your district along the 40 Highway Corridor. And just overall, um, what is something that you are still working on? Um, for example, I, I know one of their concerns has been homelessness and, and just the, the fear that gives to their clients. But the other thing is just the amount of trash um, that, right. that seems to live along a highway corridor. But what are some of those other things that you have on your you know, bullet points of things you're going to go um, attack? that you haven't maybe gotten to yet? Well, so 40 Highway specifically, I still have a pie-in-the-sky desire to get a SID started. Uh, that would There's a plenty of money there if we did a SID on 40 Highway. Remind everybody what a SID is. Uh, it's a community improvement district, and okay. it allows you to charge an up to 1% extra sales tax, up to. Um so it increases the cost of goods, but it's a, such a minimal amount that, that uh, believe me, it's a, a nominal amount. People don't notice it. It wouldn't affect sales any. It never. It it's proven not to affect sales. Um, it would allow the SID, assuming there were or people interested enough in it to take ownership of it. That it has to be run by the business owners and the members of the SID. So they have a board and they have president and they have meetings and they do the whole thing. It has to be an accounting, has to be, you know, legal documents and all that. I mean it, it has to be an organization that's run by those folks. I can't run it. I can't do it. I can help organize it, encourage it, but um I but I can't run it. I would love to see that. It's problematic because of the border of Kansas City right there and the mm -hmm. way it jumps back and forth. But if we were able to do that, they could literally, you know those people down in Kansas City that have those yellow jackets and stuff yeah. that roll around trash cans? They literally could have uh, security people and they could have trash people. They could do other stuff. You can do lighting. You can do, mm -hmm. they could spend the money on whatever they want. But the dollars are real dollars. It's real dollars they could spend on their stretch of the world over there. And I would love, love, love to see that for them. I really would. Because it's a valuable, there's a lot of traffic. It's valuable. I know the Royals are talking about leaving. Um, but as long as they're there, there's still good traffic. And frankly, even without them, there's still good traffic. There's a lot of cars that go by there. And there's, you know, I mean, there's a high boy up there off Blue Ridge Cutoff. There's Dixon's Chili. I mean, there's there's still some establishments. Big boy, sorry. There's still some establishments, some 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 long time honored establishments that 
that are important. And people yeah. use that. People go down there as a cut through for, you know, uh, skipping I-70 when it's backed Absolutely. up. And so, Traffic, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's, there's, it's a, it's a underdeveloped spot. It will come back and in, in some parts it has. So I think 40 highway is one of those areas that, uh, especially as you get closer to Nolan road where there's the opportunity for new development, redevelopment, you know, with some empty places and, and so, Nolan Fashion Square is listed for sale. If anybody wants to buy an overpriced piece of <laughs> of retail property that needs to mostly be torn down. And how does something like that? How do you get involved as a councilman in something like that? Well, you really shouldn't be, frankly. Okay. You know that's how people get in trouble around here. Oh, that's true. Okay. <laughs> so on your list of things to see, is there anything that you haven't revealed yet that you know you'd be ready to share today of something you'd still like to see in your district you know I probably not really I I'm pretty transparent if I get a good enough idea I usually spill it fairly soon uh you know I would like to see there there's talk that we might get sidewalks on the south side of 40 highway I'd like to see that get finished I'd like to see um, uh, again, part of the geo bond, uh, preliminary ideas we talked about were sidewalks, uh, near all to all the schools. Um, oh, that's as, certainly grade schools. I'd like to see that, um, uh, taking over the curbs would be nice. I would like to see more curb it, curbing and better drainage. I mean, you know, we've got Google fiber coming, which, I have no control over where they start and where they go. I am very, very hopeful that they will start on the west side of town. I have no idea if they will. They probably won't with my luck, but <laughs> I am so hopeful that they will, either the first or the fourth district, because our folks need the most access to broadband and affordable broadband. So I'm, I'm hopeful that comes, but, um, you know... Those are those are some of the things we've started the uh, rental uh, sort of rental ready rental uh, landlord enforcement uh, program. We're going to hear about that on October 9th. This probably won't air before that. So by the time you hear this, mm-hmm. if you want to go back and watch the study session um, from October 9th at the city council meeting, there will be a, a, a small presentation on sort of. How many how many landlords to date uh, that we've looked at? How many have licenses? How many have business licenses? How many are in compliance? How many have code violations? That kind of thing. And it's not a comprehensive thing yet. It's going to take a while to work through the whole city. But um, it's pretty shocking uh, how many people buy houses and take advantage of the city. It's it's really ridiculous. But see all these all these parts. You got to attack these things. It's eating an elephant one bite at a time. <laughs> Absolutely. Just like Zach and I started a abandoned building registry, and we find people if their buildings are vacant. We have a a, a vacant building uh, fine that you have to pay. So you can't just leave a building sitting forever. Uh, 
without having to pay something for it because we have to go there. We have to go there and put out fires. We have to go there and chase off uh, homeless people and vagrants and vandals. And, you know, there's services that go into that. Uh, and it's not that's not fair to all the rest of us that do what we're supposed to. Yeah. So we're going to start attaching costs to these people that take advantage of us. If you want to have a business of being a landlord, I get it. Sorry, I get a little excited about this. Then be if a you're a landlord, landlord, it's not just, it's yeah. not a hobby. Right. If you're a landlord, you're in business. You're going to be treated just like corporate copy print or Main Street Coffee or Costco. You're going to be in business. So with our last few minutes here, um, I feel like I know a lot of what you've done because of our friendship, <clears throat> but I'd like to give you that opportunity to kind of, a re-election is coming, you are running. Um, what is maybe a couple things that you are really, really proud of and that emphasize that I deserve your consideration for re-election? I'll tell you a couple things that um, that I that I am proud of. Um, so, uh, since you know, uh, one of the first things I asked to do when I got elected was be on the audit and finance committee. Um, Karen Delucci was the chair at the time, and you know the best way to get to know an organization is to get to know its finances, right? Okay. And they're complex, and they're big, and it's still hard to keep up with all of it. Um, but it was important to Karen, and I understand now why, because all the secrets are hidden in black and white numbers, right? Uh, but I can tell you, I'm now the chair of that committee, and not that I've personally paid off all the TIFs, but since I've been here, we have gone from... 25 or 26 TIFs down to 10. Okay. And we've started we've started no new traditional TIFs. None. And that is very much a policy uh, that I've made clear since I've been in office that there will be no new city-backed TIFs. We are not going to be on the hook anymore for speculative commercial projects we're done investing our citizens dollars in whether or not a project will be successful okay so you are looking out for the financial situation of I'm city. proud of that I'm very, proud of that. very proud of that and I want to I'm looking forward to getting down to zero now we have the albatross uh, of Bass Pro which we don't know what will be done with that yet. Um, it will probably end in a lawsuit at some point. I don't know if it'll end, but it'll be in a lawsuit probably at some point, somehow, some way. But so being financial, at least if we get down to one, yeah, at some one. point from twenty th from twenty six twenty six twenty five or twenty six. That's pretty huge. Yes, and that's a big shift in the mode of operation and the thinking and the in the in the in the style of our city and you got to remember we did the largest economic development project that's 
since Lake City, since the 40s. Well, that's why I was— Ever. You get you one billion dollars without a tiff, without city backed incentives. Well, that's what I was thinking. The citizens are not on the hook at all for a single dime of that if it goes south. Now, I fully believe it won't. I have full faith and belief in this 100%. But if it did, in the one percent chance that it does, we don't owe a dime. You know how important that is. Absolutely, because at the same time that you're becoming, that the city is more financially uh, responsible and at, at your leadership through the audit and finance, been able to uh, rid the city of a lot of TIFs. Yeah. But, uh, we also, yeah. You've been able to help be a major player in bringing economic development to the city. So at the same time you're saving dollars. Yeah you're bringing the potential for huge dollars. The other thing that we did, and this started with Karen and I, but it started with us, is Munis was our citywide computer program that was supposed to help digitize us. The city was doing payroll 24 different ways. (laughs) Timekeeping, Timekeeping, 24 different ways in every different department, 24 different ways on paper. So you brought an electronic system that was more efficient. It was, we were years behind. We'd paid $5 million for Munis, $5 million. We were, we were two years behind on implementation. So Karen and I started it of getting a new consultant in audit finance, getting a new consultant getting that project back on track, but it's implemented. Munis is implemented. Electronic timekeeping citywide is being implemented as we speak. It's supposed to be implemented by the end of this year. Do you understand? The savings? The savings and and the accuracy Mm -hmm. and how much that's going to mean to the city. Yeah. This is a thing that's not sexy. It's like it's like somebody that, like a one of these rich business owners, and yeah. you're like, "What do you do?" And they're like, "I own the bolt factory that like makes the widgets. Yeah. Like I own, I make the widgets that makes the, you know, Corvette or whatever." It's not sexy. It's not exciting, but it makes the world go round. But this is this is massive. Remember police overtime. Remember all that stuff. These kind of things won't be able to happen anymore. It will be impossible for it to happen because you can set up computer alerts and all these things where people will get literally notified that day, that week, that month, whatever, however they set the alerts up of any kind of excessive stuff, even with spending on, on uh, city accounts. So I'm very proud of that. It's not sexy and it's not... Uh, a big headline, but man, that's going to change things for operations in the city. It's going to be huge. That I'm going to I'm going to give you one more um, amending pets and police. Okay. I know we're running out of time. <laughs> Calm down. That's the last one. Amending pets and police to throw more money in to give us more 
more cash to give the officers raises. Absolutely. Uh, and to, um, uh, you know, we had that election a couple of elections back where uh, we raised the fire tax, sales tax, yeah. uh, which was provided by state statute. And then we also amended pets and police. That passed by 77% of the vote. It was pretty I popular. Was, I was the one that initiated that. I also served on the uh, campaign. It was a small campaign. Originally, um, you served on that campaign. But, yeah. but, but. I served on the campaign, and I was at the election site and everything. I mean, I, that was very important to me, and so I helped get them raises. I helped get them the raises they got. I helped add money for salaries. I helped. I will continue to do what I can for both fire and police. Um, but that was a that was a huge vote. Fire passed by I think sixty seven percent or sixty six percent. Police passed by 77%, I think, and both huge votes for this city. And this is crucial. Well, my I, my thought today was not, um, well, I want to end this way. There are accomplishments um, anybody can draw up from, from the job they've done or their experience. But as we look specifically to a re-election campaign, um, I think the changes in a human being over the course of their life, I think lessons they have learned, I think uh, the compassion in which they approach life, I think their kindness to those that they serve, um, I think the humor that they bring as an everyday part of their life, um, and their love for their hometown are as equally as important. And for me, I think one of the reasons that we so love doing this podcast is because we share that. We we so desire to just talk about our city, share the good. Sometimes we share the bad and the ugly, but overall we do it out of genuine love for our fellow citizens in our city. And, you know, I think District 4 is very fortunate to have you. Um, and I do think if you just look at accomplishments of, of economic development, <clears throat> you know, your love and a concern for police and fire, your um, hard, hard work to see things happen, to help with homelessness, um, you know, just I, I think it's all because of a word that you brought quite a while ago to your fellow um, council people, and that was you're always – working to have some kind of collaborative compromise or collaborative workaround or collaborative let's just get it done together yeah. and and you you are like a dog with a bone when it comes to uh, things you really believe in like you know a geo bond or a trails museum in the future or you know curbs on on streets so I think from an outside perspective, um, those are the reasons that people in District 4 should be very fortunate to have you as a candidate again. And um, so vote for my friend Dan Hobart for District 4. And I'm going to leave it there for today. So uh, I'm Laurie Dean Wiley. I'm Dan Hobart. Thanks for listening to We Have Issues Independence.
We want to thank you for joining us. I'm Laurie Dean Wiley. And I'm Dan Hobart. Join us again next week because we have issues. Ha, ha, ha.